Hey guys, Aaron here from The Film Aspect. Myself and Brian have decided to take a wee break, but fear not because we have a brilliant two-parter for you this week in the form of our live stream birthday extravaganza from the beginning of February, which we streamed over on Twitch due to some uh, <laughs> Twitter account issues which have since been resolved. So for any of you that missed out on the stream, we have it here in the form of two episodes, each lasting around an hour and a half, and this will be audio straight from the stream, so the quality might not be exactly what you've been used to, but there are some great discussions about IMDb's top 10 films from myself, Brian, and our two brilliant guests, Erin and Rachel. Part 2 will be released the Tuesday following this episode in place of our regular recasting couch, but in the meantime, enjoy part 1. On my phone... Disaster struck to anyone that knows anything about what was supposed to be happening tonight. Uh, of course, we're here doing the birthday extravaganza for the film aspect. We are officially one year old, which also means we can't 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 use a, a Twitter account apparently. No. So, <laughs> so um, just because I wanted some balloons on our Twitter account, I changed our date of birth to one. You know, fifth uh, of February. 2020 and then they were like nah mate you're not old enough for a twitter account and locked us out yeah. which is where we were going to stream <laughs> brian even made postals saying stream yeah. exclusively on twitter but, but oh, everybody everybody <laughs> caught that because you can uh, zoom past at the beginning because i wanted balloons on the twitter <laughs> that is what started this avalanche that was you know the, the pebble that started the rock ball. it did it did so um so let me just let me just keep an eye on this here make sure everything's all good i'm gonna turn the sound down so we don't have to listen to myself twice uh cool and right so yeah uh to get on to it then since we're now here our new home on twitch uh on on my brilliant uh twitch account which hasn't been touched in two months uh aaron underscore ben you know get, get a follow while you're here if you're here <laughs> It doesn't deserve it. Don't do get those subs. Get those dogs. <laughs> I, I should have started like a paid feature now, so I can just get the money coming in. Um, but yeah, of course, uh, I'm the host of the film aspect, along with the loyal boy that is Brian Davison. I, I whapped out the second name this time. I know sometimes he gets a wee bit like, "You said my name. Am I not famous enough? Do I have to be both names? I give him both." You names. deserve to say my name after what's happened tonight. <laughs> Feel like that's gonna be the flow conversation for the rest of like our friendship, <laughs> or has just not even friendship that ended tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, usually we do this show every Tuesday and Friday. We do it on Spotify, on SoundCloud, and all that, and it's usually just the two of us. But obviously, you can see we've got a couple more faces here today and we're joined by the lovely Rachel and Erin. Do you want Hello. to introduce yourselves? We'll go with, I'll, I'll say Erin first if you want to introduce yourself as short as you want. <laughs> okay, um, my name is Erin and I studied films at college for a brief moment in time and now I'm not doing that anymore. Um, so this was challenging and fun and I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> and Rachel? Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm currently doing a master's in film and television and yeah, very happy to be here. Excited. I think my opinions are probably going to be divisive, but let's just find for. out. That is what we're here for. <laughs> um, and in case there's a little bit of uh, context potentially needed, I'm just going to say Erin was one of the, you, you were you were with the guys when we were first starting it on UWS radio back in those yeah. days. 
Bunnies were, were babies. <laughs> I think I sent the, uh, the the little pitch document to you. I'm sure it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I give you the big thumbs up to have your show live on radio on student radio. <laughs> would you believe? Friday nights. Now I remember the the first episode that ever went live was on uh, was on a Friday, and my mate's band were playing uh, a gig. Remember those? And I went and <laughs> I went and. And I was like, our, our show's coming on at like eight or nine o'clock it was. Uh, and I went into the pub toilet and I was just sitting oh. like, with my phone up to my ear listening to it. <laughs> my phone's oh. on the radio, mum. <laughs> oh, I made that go live. And look at you now. Look, look at us now. <laughs> so big. So, so, so big. strong. <laughs> Streaming on an unrelated Twitch account. <laughs> <laughs> Details. Yeah. yeah. Why um, is that here for uh, they just join us? Uh, to anyone that's possibly <laughs> joined us now, of course, the the issue we had there is that I wanted some balloons. I wanted to mark the occasion by uh, letting the world know on Twitter that it was our first birthday. Of course, being the old bam that I am, forgetting that there's age restrictions on Twitter, and then that meant that we were locked out of our account, which will not be fixed for the who knows when, because it looks very confusing already. And I've done that with about 19 minutes to go before we were supposed to start. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're here now. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Yeah, exactly. I'm just I'm just going to keep going until I start crying off screen. Um, <laughs> right, to the, to, to the point of the, actual, of the actual episode, we're going to be talking about IMDb's top 10 movies well it's, it's a part of the top 250 obviously we're narrowing it down and those are rated i think by uh it's just the 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 user rating score the the aggregated scores or not yeah um yeah so too quickly i have the list right here that's one of the things i did write in my on my my notebook i've got some yeah notes, uh, aye, aye. i had um, a graphic for it when we were supposed to be <laughs> streaming on twitter <laughs> We'll do another live episode at some point, Brian. Oh, God bless. To mark the occasion of us getting our Twitter account back. <laughs> we could just redo the live stream that we're doing now, but on Twitter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretend we're doing it for the first time. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, to go from 10 to 1, these are the films we'll be talking about. And we've got all of us to watch most of them. I think there's only a, a couple, or maybe one or two that haven't been watched. But starting at number 10, we have Fellowship of the Ring, the first of the Lord of the Rings movies. At number 9, we have The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Number 8, Pulp Fiction. 7, Return of the King. 6, Schindler's List. 5, 12 Angry Men. 4, The Dark Knight. 3, The Godfather Part 2. 2, The Godfather Part 1. And at number 1, the Shawshank Redemption, which has been there for forever, since I learned what films were. Where it belongs. Where it belongs. That's something we'll be getting into. Um, <laughs> so we actually, <laughs> what we done was we had a, a, we have a little top, our own ten ranking, like top ten ranking of this. So do we want to break those down? I'm going to try and spy a, a look at them because it's in my word document, which I can't look at. <laughs> <laughs> So it's all going really well. Uh, who who wants to start with their their oh, version? I thought we would have we would have went through the original one first. Then we're not kind of like saying like somebody's number ten, maybe somebody's number three. And by the time we get to that, we've already had a big long discussion about it. So yeah. if we went through the IMDb ten until one, and then just as a kind of thing at the end, we'll say where we rank them. All right, I, I we we're having a 
uh-huh. a consistent discussion about the movies themselves as they come up. All right, okay. Because so- we did that in the to throw back to anybody who listened to the Christopher Nolan episode. We had uh, yeah. wildly different um, lists, and mm. my number ten was like Aaron's number one, but we'd already spoken about it by the time we got there. So it was, I mean, it was still enjoyable. But so, which, we... what, what, do you want to do? You want to take the lead on this? If you want, uh, I mean, is that just because you can't bring up your word <laughs> uh, processor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have them. <laughs> uh, how about to go to IMDb? Uh, at least, at least you can look at your computer. You have access to the internet. <laughs> got, I've got to wing this. This is when people really find out how into films I actually am, which is, and they'll be like, "This guy's fake, man. He this guy no, is fake. He ain't nothing without his script." <laughs> uh, so number ten, uh, with a ranking of eight point eight out of ten, is the Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. This, this is very, face lighting up there. This is very exciting, right? So, Erin and Rachel, neither of you guys have seen The Lord of the Rings until this week. So, I'm very curious. Uh, well, oh, we, we, we've also got our official rating, right? So, this this is this will be. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of this. So, our official rating, which we'll probably go through with these, is either the film is the film Respect, if you really liked it, or the film Aspect, if you thought it was ass. <laughs> It's one or the other, not in the middle. So what what uh, what did you guys go for? I will let Rachel go first because she's on a delay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah, so like you said, I mean, first time ever watching Lord of the Rings. I don't know how I managed to make it through like 22 years of life without ever watching them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know, definitely something that people have taken issue with. But hey, I've seen two of them now. I did not watch the second one. I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, I yeah, I know. OK, 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 calm down. <laughs> you're, you're just going to be wondering, like, maybe why, catch up with it. why the fuck is Gandalf white all of a sudden? Exactly. <laughs> It was a little bit confusing, but you know, like I had, I had uh, people behind the scenes telling me what was going okay. on, so it was, it wasn't too bad. Right. Uh- um. Yes, I respect it. Hey. Correct answer. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just saying that like out of pure fear. <laughs> I, as soon as she said the aspect, it's just like boop. Rachel's gone. She's kicked off the stream. Um, Erin, what about yourself? Okay, so unlike Rachel, uh, I watched all three of them. Oh, um, brownie points. <laughs> Dedication! Um, and I've got to give it to it. It's a big film respect for yes. me for the first one. Um, and I have lots of notes, one of them including they should do a Muppets remake. Um, <gasps> because I think they should remake everything with the Muppets. Um, and my first note was, I too hate men who have power. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, to summarise my experience with the first one, um, I want more friendship and less battles. Um, Samwise is top character, and when Gandalf died, I cried. So, film <laughs> respect um, from me. Nice. <laughs> Um, we obviously the 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 two of us done about six and a half seven hours worth of podcasting across all three of these movies uh, last year. Um, so obviously we are we are huge fans of this. 
Uh, I just luckily didn't have to watch it for this week because I just watched them. We actually, we should have got used to watch the extended editions because they are far well, superior. Um, I watched the first one extended. You didn't see this, I would have rebelled. Oh, honestly, <laughs> I watched the first one extended and it was pushing me and then I had to um, find a way to get the other ones that weren't extended because the extended ones are my stepmoms. Um, and that made it so much more enjoyable for me. I think the extended ones are good if you're mega fans like you guys, where you know the base story, you know the characters and stuff. But there were shots in it that I was like, that's unnecessary <laughs> and I don't care for this. Um, the other thing that terrified me was I forgot I had a childhood fear of Gollum. <laughs> um, and every time he came on screen, I just gagged a little bit, just like a little... Like a little <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, no extended for me. Thank you, Brian. Do you have something to comment on that? <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, like I, I, I love these films. They are. I think I, I'm in the first of many bold statements tonight. It is the greatest achievement in cinema history. The the creation of this trilogy, and uh, that is all I have to say on it. But. I don't know if I should break it with this one now or until we reach Return of the King, but I don't see a need, not a need, but I don't know if I agree with these films being individually in the IMDb top 10. Oh, you think I, they should all be in the, as the one? I don't consider <laughs> them, I, 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 I don't really consider them individual pieces because you can't have the return of the king just by itself and and because it builds over two films previously so you get you know the the payoffs for the character relationships and, and everything that happens in there so by itself is the same with the fellowship of the ring as it ends you're like as a, as a um tied off story is it really you know in the 10 best films of all time i don't think so i think the kind of the praise goes for that across the trilogy as one story as it was intended in the book <laughs> I so think, yeah, that's fair. I think when it when it comes to like the extended edition thing, like I've always it's I think I maybe mentioned a while back, like I hate watching extended editions when I haven't seen the original because I feel like I'm missing out on like what was actually extra. So and I, I, I gotta say, if it was the first time two towers can be a bit taxing on extended edition, <laughs> I, I would I would say Return of the King in my opinion is the the best version for um for the extended edition, I think. What uh, it has the the it has actual bits of the story that weren't in the original. Rather than it being like a wee clip here or whatever, it's like an actual story strands that just weren't present at all. You know, like where 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 did where did Gandalf's staff go in in Return of the King? You don't know unless you watch the extended edition, and it is one of the coolest bits I've ever seen it in a movie, and I nearly and sh like shat my pants the first time I saw it. <laughs> Do I care? Not right now. Um, <laughs> maybe in a couple of years' time, like I'll relax into the extended editions. But um, I was just looking at my little notes there, and one of the things I wanted to pull up about the first one was: Do you know how when Saruman spins Gandalf? Right. Did anybody else think that was fucking hilarious? <laughs> because he's like, yes, doing a little. Um, no need, no need for that. But it was good. I enjoyed it. But there was parts of it that I thought, um, I just laughed my way through it. I shouldn't have, <laughs> but I did. 
<laughs> and yeah, uh, also the fingernails are so nasty in the film. <laughs> the the close-ups, the hands, the fingernails. Um, I want to know what's in the pipes. Um, uh, <laughs> in the pipes? I, yeah, they right. smoke. They smoke pipes, but right. they call in the extended edition they call it wheat. Tata, wheat. Um, I'm sure they. I do. thought they called it wheat. I thought it, and I'm sure there's no. a point. Isn't there a point where they call? <laughs> I thought they. No, I'm sure they. Oh, Ryan. Toby, West Farthing. I think it's pipe weed. Isn't it? Don't, don't. I'm almost right. I don't know if I'm just like forgetting something here, but I'm almost sure that at one point they said. Like they say, Gange or something like that, or am I literally just imagining that? Thank you, imagining. I mean, that yeah, that's a bit far. I, <laughs> they know, definitely like call like it a, a maybe like a wee a wee bit where like they mentioned maybe like an offhand, maybe in the third one in the, where where Mary and and, and Pippin are at the, the Isengard. Oh, with the ends. Aye. You've been spending too much time blazing here. Astrophia forty one says it is pipe weed. Um, and Eva Cat McLean says that I'm assuming he's referencing the bit where he's spinning round, uh, saying that that's why he's meme gold. Oh yeah, oh a hundred percent. And um, it's the other a thing... magical wizard fight. Would you expect them to do? Oh Brian, see up until <laughs> that point, that. up until that point, I was anything but that. I was convinced that Gandalf wasn't a wizard because every see when hear me out, right? Okay. Everybody goes, Gandalf the Great, Gandalf the Great. And the first thing I see him is he strolls into the village with loads of fucking fireworks. Like, just selling fireworks left, right and centre. And that's all you see. And then I had no idea who Saruman was. So when the two of them came together, I have written down, um, two Gandalf, uh, two bros chilling in a hot tub, and why they fight. Um, So... <laughs> But mad respect, mad respect for the Lord of the Rings. And Gandalf turned out to be one of my favourite characters, but Merry and Pippin are totally the same level. I love everyone. And I just want to squeeze their wee cheeks. They're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> All the Lord of the Rings fans totally just dropped. Hi. <laughs> our, our, our viewers right there has just plummeted. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I I absolutely adore this movie. It's it's becoming that like that safe space when it comes to movies for me. You know, I watch that. I feel nice and warm and cozy watching these movies when the when you have the hobbits just sitting there smoking their pipes and and drinking their their <laughs> lager and all their feet up by the fire and that. it's just dead cozy. Like I want a hobbit house. I want to live in a place like that. But um, yeah, there's just. There's something about this, so I feel like for something that's so I don't know if I'd say it's like properly complex, but they set up the whole like the the history with the you know you're talking about wizards and elves and dwarfs and and men and all this kind of stuff, and then it kind it still makes sense. I don't think there's ever a point where it's confusing. At least I didn't. Obviously, I, I'm saying this. I've been watching these mm. like four years old or something like that. But what 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 are you like? What are you guys like? I'll, I'll let Rachel go. I mean, I was lost. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I was I was definitely lost, <laughs> and that's not just because I didn't watch the second one. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm. Yeah, but I feel like I always get confused with with with, with things like this. Um, so yeah, I was I was definitely lost at times, but um, not as lost as I could have been, or maybe should have been. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you, I uh... I respect what you said. I watched the first one uh, upstairs alone, um, 
but it was really late at night. My dad was trying to sleep. Why am I giving exposition anyway? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the cat kept trying to wake my dad up, so I would pause it and have to take the cat downstairs to my stepmom, who's like uber fan. And I'd be like, right, so Sam's just did this and I don't like Frodo's face and why is this happening? By the way, that's just an overarching thing. I hate Frodo's face. Uh, he's so, see when he turns around like this? I hate it. <laughs> that is literally, we were, taught, we were doing the, the recast. That today. was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> we, we, we were doing the recast of the Lord of the Fellowship of the Rings today. We were recording it earlier. And that was like a contributing <laughs> factor to who I picked just for the whole, like, when he turns around, he's like. He Did you cast Erin as Frodo? Big cheeks, McGee. I'll go. I'll go back. It's just he's, he's <laughs> eating rosy cheeks. <laughs> Don't mind me. Just um, so yeah. I, luckily enough, I had my stepmom who's like read the books, has the extended editions. Um, we watched the second one together, which was good because um, I know we're not going to talk about the second one, but it was actually my favorite. Ooh. Yeah, I agree. I love the Ents. I love the oh. Ents so much. Um, but yeah, I was really lucky. Like Rachel, I had that kind of back monologue of someone going, and they're doing this, and they're arguing <laughs> because. Um, and it just helped me um, emotionally, <laughs> spiritually, physically. <laughs> um, don't mind me for two wee seconds. I'm just trying to tweet some some you know links and stuff so people know uh, where no, the hell we actually no. are. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Does anybody else have anything else? So do you do you think it deserves its place in the top ten? Uh, just the fellowship by itself. Mm, I'm <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with what you were saying, Brian, about the that they should be considered as one. Um, that's the way that I would I would see it as well. I think I agree with Rachel, and the other reason I agree with you and Brian is because. Um, it would be different if it was different directors, but it's the same story throughout. It's the same director. It's the same actors. So it's it's basically it's like, um, yeah. No, it makes sense to categorize them all together. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Good. Mm -hmm. We're in agreement. On one. I thing, get the Brian. feeling that like if you, I get the feeling that like if you if. <laughs> If you were so inclined, you know, you could sit and watch them all like just consecutively and it would feel like just one massive like film like experience. I get the feeling that like you could sit and do that with it. So yeah, yeah. I feel like it should just be um considered as as, as one entity. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. glad we all agree because I was I was waiting on somebody disagreeing, namely Aaron. And my <laughs> my uh my kind of my backup to this was unless it was on the TV, I would never see myself sitting there and going, Do you know what? I fancy watching Return of the King, you know. Oh yeah, right, hundred percent. Yeah. I, I get, I get that. Uh -huh. I would, I would consider these as the, the like as a central thing like that. And and you can't, you can't just do that. You can't just go to the third movie. That is, that is blasphemy. That I will not, I will not condone it. Um, what I will say for Rachel is that she, she should at least go on YouTube and watch the the intro, the opener to the Two Towers, because it's, it, mate. To to quote uh, Brian's favorite word, it it slaps. Like the opening <laughs> absolutely slaps. You get <laughs> Gandalf just diving down. Uh, I the, 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 look at the, the don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I, I, it's, it. But it's it's some cool stuff. 
<laughs> one does not simply walk into the third movie. <laughs> that is definitely true. Um, but yeah, I mean, great, great movie. I, I might talk about I, it. You know, whatever. More. Hey, Melissa. Um, I might, I might talk about it a wee bit more when, uh, when we get down to the the Return of the King. But uh, what, what's the next up then? Number nine, also ranked eight point eight, is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Sergio yeah. Leone's spaghetti western masterpiece from nineteen sixty six, starring Clint Eastwood, Eli Wallach, and um, Lee Van Cleef. <clears throat> Take cover, everybody. Brian's the best to go off the one. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean Brian's entire reason for existence. <laughs> It may or may not be the greatest film ever made. That's all I've got to say for um, it. I'm interested to hear opinions before I tell you all why you're all wrong. Okay. Um, I'll, 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 I'll go on with... Um, so I watched this a, a, a long time ago. I had a rewatch for the first time yesterday. And it, it, it was it's so much like up and down like this when it comes to my enjoyment at points i'm like jesus christ how long can this movie be how long <laughs> like there's lot i'm not gonna lie there's moments that felt awkward because it's like uh, that guy's just staring he's just staring at that person what uh, is he is he doing what like what was happening is he is he going to say something right and i get it's all about building up the tension it's like this feels very much like a movie that's all about the kind of mysticism of these guys. It's like, who is the man with no name and he's, he's cool hat and he's trench coat and he's, you know, he's just chewing on that cigar, squinting and all this, looking cool as anything. But like, <laughs> in terms of character-wise, the, the um, I think Tuco is round, round about the only actual character in this movie, I would say, because he... Obviously, you, you you almost get a sense of like who he is a wee bit more and like what he's wanting to do, even though like he has very like backstab you at any possible point. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> thanks, Kyle. I will get. We'll hopefully get it on something at some point. Um, but yeah, it's just those points where I was like, this is really good. I'm really liking this. I'm into the vibe. I'm loving the shots. The shot it is shot really really well, and it looks really cool. I feel like it's. It's weirdly like one of those, it's like kind of grainy, but it feels so highly detailed as well. You can see the sweat and there's about a million flies just crawling over everybody's face. Um, and and that is cool. I just don't think it needed to be three hours long because I think as well, when you take the setup mm -hmm. of the, the, the story, because the story is essentially uh, two guys, one finds out one bit of information of where gold is and the other finds out the other. They need to keep each other alive to find the gold, right? That is the, the premise of this movie. That starts an hour and a half in. <laughs> so, like, it takes so long for the actual story. To, I feel like there's a condensed version of this movie and, and I would enjoy it a lot more because there are bits in it that are very well done. Like, see when it... See when it um, Ah, there's a poncho. There's a, there's a wee trench coat before he gets the poncho at the end, Jay. <laughs> before he try to call me out. Um, but yeah, it's it's like you, when you have the bit where it's like Tuco and the man with no name walking up the town, shooting each, you know, when they're turning against uh, Angel Eyes. Like that, those bits are cool, but then I, and then it'll go to other bits like every time. Every time there's a war guy and it does the wee sad trumpet music and it's like oh no look at this guy he's lost his leg what is bad but does it like six times over and i get you know you're kind of like yeah okay i get it but um 
I feel like uh, Brian is about to get up off his chair. There'll be a twenty minute gap. He'll walk in here and scalp me and then walk back. No, no, it's just I like I don't understand how you think those moments will be as impactful if you don't have the downtime in between them. That that's the issue I have with modern films. Everything needs to be happening in every single second of the frame. It doesn't give the, the chance to breathe. You don't have a build up of characters. In the, so I'm, we're living in the world we took out in Blondie for the first half hour without we even really a mention of them going after the cash box but that's where we get to know them as the, the trio is the final standoff as impactful if we don't have that 40 minute build up of the relationship between those characters I don't think it is I think a choppy hour and a half version of this film is you know 6 out of 10 because it's just the high impact moments that the modern audience wants to see I can, I can get behind that what were you going to say Erin? Um, so I love cowboys. <laughs> um, so Yeehaw, much. Oh, <laughs> brother. Um, but what I have to say is, um, I saw this when I was younger and I made an hour into it and I gave up. And I don't give up easily because I watched all the Lord of the Rings and I watched this and I watched that. Um, I'm saying I don't give up easily. I've still got a surprise for you. Um, I don't know. I really, <laughs> I love that. I do love it. Um, I think if I had, if I was in a different mood, it would be better. Um, I, I, cinematography wise, perfect. Love it. Love the sound. Love the scoring. Um, I love the bit at the start when they're eating the soup and they've put in the <laughs> sounds. Um, it just cracks me. And then the best line in it, without a doubt is one bastard goes in another bastard comes out or something like that i totally forgot about it it cracked me up um <laughs> but otherwise i don't think it needs to be three hours long i'm sorry to um the person that agrees with brian but <laughs> um i i think it could have you could have cut a lot of that down and still had the same impact mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's boiling. He's boiling. No, I, thought, I, thought I agree. Was, I um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I agree. It, 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 it really didn't need to be as long as it was. And I understand what you're saying, you know, about having, you know, high, high action, high impact moments and then, you know, having the time to breathe. But there's a difference between like taking a second to breathe and then taking a second to breathe and breathe <laughs> and do a lot of breathing. <laughs> And I think we maybe could have cut out a wee bit of that breathing mm-hmm. and it would have still had, you know, the same impact that it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a bit long and there were some bits that were just way too drawn out for my liking. But, you know, I didn't dislike it as much as I maybe thought I was going to. What I might say that I'm not sure whether this will uh, irritate Brian, but I think I like Once Upon a Time in the West better than this movie. I remember um, not really having an out like it is. I don't think it's anywhere near as long as this, is it? Yeah, is it's it like two forty? Is it? Well, I just well that like I don't feel like that movie is as has those slower moments as much as is that one. Um, but yeah, I think I enjoyed that a wee bit better. Is it? Is it? Am I wrong? In this is that Charles Bronson that's in that? Yes, one? Charles Bronson uh, and uh, Henry Fonda. Yeah, I, I just I like, you know the opening the opening scene for that. There's there's moments mm-hmm. in that where I was like properly drawn. In. I think Erin kind of touched on it. I think you need to be in the mood for this kind of movie, like to be in the mood for a kind of uh, genre 
celebration of westerns like this movie is um because there was moments where i was across you know i went through a whole wide range of emotions across that <laughs> three those three hours but like at moments i was like yeah this is really fun and i was kind of like smiling and, and laughing along with it and in other bits i was just like oh man i am i'm dead with this movie but um yeah uh does, can well, i just say uh-huh. it, 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 Sorry, you messaged me at two minutes past one on Thursday morning saying, nah, I'm so bored of this movie, I can't wait to moan to Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think, you know, I, after I said that, I took I took a, a break in between like after the second hour, I took a break and then I watched the last hour of it. And I think because I came back in, I was revitalized, I was ready to go. I enjoyed that like because it was like a downward spiral for me when I was watching it that night I was just like oh man I felt every second and like I think that's the problem when you watch movies over such a short amount of time when it's like you need to like I've said this to Brian sometimes sometimes if you if if the motivation to watch the movie isn't there then it's like it, it can change your whole perspective of it and I think for me like it was there at some points and not there at others and it means it's a kind of middling experience for me um so maybe one day when i'm really into the idea of westerns i'll, I'll just be loving this one <laughs> maybe um so official ranking respected aspect yeah respect i'd say maybe just maybe <laughs> i'm waiting for rachel and i think she's waiting for me <laughs> I'm going to say respect, quickly. Oh, uh, I think I've got to... Res- yeah, I've got um, to respect it. I'm, I'm going to have to go re- respect as well. Uh-huh. So uh, it's, a, it's a pretty... It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. I mean, these are all completely <laughs> wrong in your opinions and your uh, analysis of the film. But, yeah. Oh, well. That's fine. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, so next up on the list, we'll Brian's got... come to get all of us after this is over. Uh, that's it. We're d- we're done. We're done. For. <laughs> um, I next... mean, huh? that's fine. <laughs> this and the Twitter locked account in the one day. He's never, he's never going to look at me again. Um, to, and just a quick reminder to anyone that might have known that this is going to happen if you've joined since we started. Uh, I tried to set the date of birth to one year so that we had a nice wee birthday balloons in our Twitter account and then it was like you need to be 13 to have a Twitter account and locked us out of it. So that is why we're here instead of streaming on Twitter. Um, it was uh, a very panicked final 20, 30 minutes or so because it was literally 19 minutes before we were just going. But that's why we're here and it doesn't matter. We're having fun now. Um, that's rock and roll, baby. That, <laughs> that's the podcasting game. <laughs> it's a cutthroat world. <laughs> um so next up on the list, number eight, we've got Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, which which stands with the same rating as 8.8 from the previous two. Um, who wants to start? Any hyper fans of the film? I can spit some Pulp Fiction. Um, <laughs> so I didn't rewatch it for, the, for this because I've seen it so many times. Um... I like Tarantino films. I don't necessarily agree with Tarantino um, on some things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this might be a bit too long, but otherwise, great story, full impact. There's a little bit of mystery, a little bit of drama, uh, love a killer. Um, and yeah, I think 
um, respect for me personally. Um, and I was definitely too young to watch it when I did. So thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I still have a safe space. Like that's my comfort film situation for me. And uh, that's my ramble over. So <laughs> respect. You right, go, Brian. Um, yeah, all right. I, um, <laughs> I, I'm not saying I don't like Pulp Fiction. I would be in the bottom half if I was to rank Tarantino's films one to ten or ten to one. I think it's it suffers from um, overhype and people pushing it to the moon totally uh, more so than it deserves to be because I think it's Absolutely. it's an above average film, but it's nowhere near his best work. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the best work of any of the actors in it either i think it is for the time that it was coming out and for it to be so new and so fresh uh, of a style of filmmaking it had a bigger impact than maybe it should have had um but you know i like it i don't ever really feel the need to watch it again i i get told when i when i, I watched this when i was 18 or 19 and somebody sold it to me as the best film ever this is the best film ever and then that's all i heard for the next 10 years yeah and i'm like it's really not it's it's kind of all right it's not as bad as kill bill volume 2 but it's not as good as inglorious bastards so <laughs> yeah that's pretty yeah. much where that's it i'm not mm-hmm. i don't it's i don't know it's called fiction it's I, I just it's the same thing that happened with breaking bad people push it to the moon and then it loses the impact careful of, now son <laughs> of what happens because I don't think I mean sorry but it's that's not as good as everybody makes it out to be and it's the same with Pulp Fiction I think I think any good bit of cinema or television that always is going to suffer from something like that because I would agree I, I think a similar thing happened for me with Reservoir Dogs which was kind of lucky for me because I think that was the one that got hyped up to me like Reservoir Dogs is the best movie ever it was his first film and all this rubbish and then I watched it and I, I'm I'm not really a fan of Reservoir Dogs, but then when I went on to Pulp Fiction, I think it was like I had such a low kind of threshold after Reservoir Dogs. I think it's an okay movie, right? Before I got, like, I'm not bashing it, saying it's a terrible film. But then to go into Pulp Fiction, which I felt was a million times better, and it, it does have that kind of, I think like we were talking about downtime with The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, I like how it uses the moments where it's just like, a couple of hitmen walking up the hallway and it's like i can't even remember like they don't even know what they're really doing at that point they're just walking along and then it's like they reveal that they kick in and they go in to the to, to those guys um lucky saying death proof 10 out of 10 <laughs> i think i've only i don't know if i've seen the entirety of that i think there was a point where he started bashing somebody's uh body about the inside of his yeah. lower cage car and i was like I think I'm gonna turn this off. I'd I like death proof. I'd oh. put it above Pulp Fiction, <laughs> definitely. Ooh. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So for this one, I just, I just think that it has, it's something that I feel Tarantino's become too much of a niche for. Oh, cracking open the tinnies there. A cold <laughs> one with the boys. Remember, we are <laughs> we playing Rattle the Tappet. Yeah. Cheers. Um. It is, it is with the boys. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not affiliated with that phrase. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it's all, all those little moments when they're sitting and talking, it just like they'll be chattering away to each other. And I think Tarantino's become a wee bit too much like, oh, I need these, you know, people to have uh, such good vocabularies and, and they have to talk really long sentences and they'll be talking about 
the the psychological effects of this or the meaning of the universe and all this kind of stuff um but like in pulp fiction i i think a lot of that works it does feel like it's i don't know if this is just because we've had 25 years 25 plus years of it being an iconic movie that it feels like it's trying to be iconic you know, mm-hmm. it's like character. You know, like just the way mm-hmm. that some characters are and the way things happen when they're dancing and all this kind of stuff. It feels like something that's striving to be iconic. And I don't really know if if that would have been the case in 1994 when it when it came out. Um, but no, I I really do enjoy mm-hmm. this movie and especially something that's pretty long as well. It's close to three hours. I did enjoy it. And <laughs> spoiler, obviously, we're talking about spoilers and stuff. When <laughs> when um. Uh, John Travolta's character <laughs> dies I was very upset about it because I thought I, I, I loved him and Aww. then when it went back and it showed them in the in the the diner again and he was there it made me happy because I was like at least I got to see my boy John <laughs> it's just <laughs> just at the end because I was like I'm so unceremoniously and that that was like that's something that stayed with Tarantino as well it's that unexpected level of like you might have loved him he might have been a good character but he goes to do a shit and he leaves his gun in the in the counter and that's how he gets killed. You know, it's like <laughs> stupid decisions like that that I really like in yeah. some of his movies that make them feel quite quite punchy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, good good one. Mm-hmm. I like this one. It's a it's a respect for me. Rachel, what did you think? Yeah, um, I had never seen it before, and uh, yeah, once again, I don't know how I'd made it this far in life without seeing it, especially because my dad really likes it. Um, and it's one of those films that, like, whenever you speak to people about it, you always hear, you know, oh, Pulp Fiction's amazing, Pulp Fiction's amazing, but you never, or certainly I've never really heard why it's amazing or why it's, like, held in such high regard. It just is and it just should be so uh, yeah then I watched it and I still don't know if I really understand why it's as kind of like revered in some circles as it is Um I went in expecting to hate it and I didn't hate it so that's you know a plus and um, there were some things about it that, that didn't sit quite right quite right with me that made me feel a bit uncomfortable Um but I think you know on the whole it's you know and structured in a, in a way that's you know interesting it is compelling I suppose to watch it's entertaining I would say the performances you know are pretty strong um, and kind of you know help to carry it along so yeah and for the most part I, 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 did, I didn't mind it it's not something that I think I would rush to watch again but at least you know now I can say I've seen it and, and not be you know um, looked down upon for not having seen it so <laughs> i will grudgingly respect it you can, you can put it on your cv now <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> now i've you know earned my, my masters <laughs> what i was gonna say was i agree with brian and rachel that um i seen it when i was younger so there wasn't this i wasn't yet in the film world where it was like oh it's amazing you have to see it, you have to see it and then i got to college um and that's where it turned into a have you seen Pulp Fiction it's the best thing like I, I've got a Fight Club poster above me for people who aren't watching um, and I do really like Fight Club but I hated it once I got to college because it was like you love it and you get digged for it you hate it you get digged for it and you're such a film boy um, so no mm-hmm. I totally agree it's yeah. too overhyped um, yeah. Pulp Fiction um, but back then yeah. It must have been fucking crazy to watch for the first time. So, respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think um, that that is the same with so the, the, like I could 
come to you in different days. Like if I was to sit in and a bunch of people saying that it's the best movie ever, I'm probably going to, or like saying how good it is and it deserves to be in the top 10, I'm probably going to be the person that'll be like, I don't know, mate, uh, it's not bad. And then if someone wants to say something bad about it, then I'd be like, oh no, this is it is really good movie. <laughs> so it really, it really just depends. That's like the danger of balance and actually have to pull off when it comes to really highly respected movies. Because because it is, it's always so easy to either amp it up too much or play it down quite a lot, mm-hmm. I think. So um, that is probably the case, going mm-hmm. to be the case for uh, well, at least a few more of these movies that we'll be coming up to. Um, but yeah, uh, Pulp, Pulp Fiction, ladies and gentlemen. Does anyone else get anything to say about this one? No. <laughs> I don't think so. So how, how low would you put it in Tarantino's lineup then? Probably like seven or eight. I'm quite surprised with that. Maybe, um, well, no, because I mean, I'll go on record and, and I doubt he's ever going to hear this. I get back his, but <laughs> Kill Bill Volume 2 is pretty shite. Um, I'm with you. Kill Bill Volume 1 gets better every time I see it, but it's still, I, I think his best films are, in fact, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is probably the lowest one. Um, and Glorious Bastards is number one. Hatefully, oh, it's number Bastards two. Glorious Bastards probably. Oh, Hateful Eight. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I'm kind of between Hateful Eight and Unglorious Bastards for the number one spot, I think. I honestly thought that you would have liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I loved it. And I thought it was so nice to see there were things in it that I was like, Hateful fuck's sake, put your feet away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, hate, I hate feet as well. <laughs> when me and my dad went to see it in the cinema, eh. Uh, because he's like my main buddy, him and my friend Eve, um, and we were sitting and we counted the amount of people that left, um, and I was like, "Wow, surprised that people, yeah." Because oh, I think really? people were expecting like Tarantino, like ba ba ba, blood everywhere, this that, and then me and my dad halfway through mm-hmm. it, my dad, my dad turned around to me, and he just goes, and I'm like, "Yeah, David likes it," and then I did the same to him, and then it hit the end. And me and him are both really into serial killers and and murder cases and stuff. So when it hit the, like the the actual like murder part of it, and then it turned into a Tarantino film, you felt people in their seats kind of perk up a little bit. Um, so I have to. Mm. Oh, someone's talking about Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Brad is that Pitt. your Brian? Is it your partner, Kirsty? Yes, it is. Hello, Claps Kirsty. for Kirsty. Yeah. Oh Brad yeah, Pitt. Brad Pitt is. That's that's something the man. Else she's, like. she's just talking about the topless scene where he's on the roof. That she doesn't care about the performance. She's just talking <laughs> oh, no, about the scene where he's getting shut off. Commendable enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, to, uh, right. I'm, I know this is not about Once Upon a Time in America, but I do want to touch on it a little bit just because you mentioned it. But like, I did at the time when I saw it think it was. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of it. It felt like two and a half hours for like a 15, 20 minute joke at the end when it came to like them <laughs> killing the Manson family or the Manson murderers sorry but it's one of those ones that's been kind of growing on me the longer I leave mm. it um, <laughs> talking about the car scene <laughs> <laughs> don't but, even um, know what that is <laughs> just, just all of the movie the dog food toss but like um, he like it is something that's kind of grown on me because I like the fact that it isn't murder and mayhem for a lot of the movie like it, mm-hmm. and that was something at the time i was very annoyed about because i was like this is going to be i expected because like obviously you knew that sharon tate was in it and all this kind of stuff i thought it was going to be that leo and brad end up in that party 
and it's yeah. like going to be this big long build up to the Manson murders coming, murderers coming in, and then it was going to be some take on that. That's what I thought it was going to be. So I was just expecting this really tense affair, and there's bits like that, but it's actually more of a kind of like a character study between more leaning into Leo because obviously he's like a failing star and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Do you know, I, my least favorite part about it was the fact that it was shite. <laughs> Well, let's move on then. Brian said his his words. He's shut it down. He's fucking had it. Yeah. Um, That'll be be an aspect for him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Top ten. So so next up, yes, boys. We're we're in Return of the King. Um, eight point nine. So we're jumping up by one decimal point now, uh, buzzing. What what did you think of this movie compared to the the first? Obviously, Ed, and you've said the second movie was your favourite. Oh will yeah. Be inclined to say that you're wrong, but you know whatever. <laughs> uh, I do. <laughs> uh, Rachel, what did you think of Return of the King? I think I preferred it. Um, I don't know if I would have had like a different opinion if I'd like actually watched the second one as well. But uh, just going off, you know, the, the first one and the third one, the ones I actually watched, uh, I do think that I preferred it. I don't really know why I preferred it. Uh, I just did. Um, I mean, it's still so so long, and like the fact that the ending was so drawn out, and you thought it would end and it would fade to black, and then somebody else would appear. And then it would fade to black and then somebody else would appear. Like that that was, you know, probably like the, the only thing that I can think of to really critique about it was just how kind of drawn drawn out it felt. And I think I could probably say that about most of the films on this list, to be quite honest. Um but no, I did really like it. And obviously, like you have to, you know, talk about the fact that it is an absolute like cinematic feat. Like it's just so epic on every single level. But even though it's so epic, like it doesn't get lost in that. Like I feel like it would be really easy for it to be really overwhelmed. But you know, it's still got really solid characters uh, that really drive the story and and the plot and things like that. So yeah, um, big respect for that one. I, I do think it's my favorite out of the two that I watched. Um, yeah, just that ending was just just kept going. <laughs> I can I can get behind that if I was like a first time watcher. Obviously, we yeah. watch them with mm. the weight of in this. Well, especially since I've been watching them since I was a kid. But like with the weight of nostalgia, like that that was Return of the King was the first one I got to see in the cinema uh, because I was a little too young for uh, one and two at the time. Um, although I got them when they came out in video. I used to I used to have to wait till my brother fell asleep, then sneak out to watch the two towers with mum and dad. We watched it over like five nights or something like that. <laughs> um, but to me, that end, those ending scenes, it, it's almost just like something you really, really don't want to end, and you're just like, oh, thank God, there's another mm. scene. Oh, here's another bit that's like, oh, this is Sam getting married, and oh, now here's Frodo and Bill yeah. going off, and all this kind of stuff. And honestly, see, see the final, the final scene when you have. Or the final, like, uh, when uh, Aragorn is crowned king and you have the wee bit where he's like, my friends, you bow to no one. I, like, I watched mm. this, like, three weeks ago. I was crying pretty oh. heavily watching that. It's 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 so hard-hitting. I don't know, like, it, it's almost like I've always loved these movies, but just now this watch I just had there, it's, like, really hitting home. I'm like, these movies are special to me and I, I love them. And I yeah. will say I'll place Fellowship over this one. Because Fellowship has to be my favourite out of the three movies, um, with three being a close second. Um, 
but yeah, uh, the, this is something we touched on when we done the, the the Lord of the Rings coverage. We like the Return of the King is like a biblical epic. It's it's insane. Mm. You know, you don't. I feel that you just don't get stuff like on maybe on this scale, right? Because you'll have stuff like the End Game will try and do that when it's huge and it's whatever. But you're never gonna be like, oh, that's a biblical epic, mate. Nah, Lord of the Rings has a different vibe. It's it's uh, there's just. To to put in a little bit of context as well, I've never been quite sure on why with this, but uh, my grandparents are very are, are are quite religious and they've never been like they don't want to watch this and that and they're, they're very picky over what they do and don't watch. They decided that they like they were cool with watching Lord of the Rings for whatever reason and they loved it. And I think I always just think, well, <laughs> old Grandpa Joe can like Lord of the Rings, so can anyone. Oh, <laughs> but... can I tell you something as well to kind of match on that? My um. My stepmom's mum was Mormon, so they weren't allowed to watch certain things because they weren't allowed to believe in it. She fucking loved Harry Potter, loved the shit out of Harry oh. Potter. And that's when I kind of gained mad respect for her because I was like, you're going against your religion to watch a small 12-year-old boy learn magic. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I I have never watched Harry Potter, but I think if I was to, I would feel the same as you mm. did, Aaron, with uh, that. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, I, I don't know, there's... I think one of my the note I did have in this word document that I can't look at is basically what is there to say about Return of the <laughs> King or Fellowship of the Ring? They are just in my mind. I think there's bits that could be trimmed out of two towers. In my opinion, I think there's but that is very much Definitely. the middle the middle of a trilogy. So obviously, like I think that's why naturally I'm going to like one and three better oh. because you have like the high <laughs> you have the highs of being introduced to this new fantastic world and then. And then, like the the highs of obviously concluding that and seeing the end of this this epic trilogy, but I think the the the, the battles are epic. I don't think I've seen anything on on those scales. I mean, we always go on about the Rahiram charge gets you up. Like you're sit if you're not standing up when you're watching that, I feel like you're not doing it right, or at least the urge to. I was like, I was pumped up when whenever that goes on. It's I mean, but it's also really emotional. Braveheart, Pfft, away with you. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, hate Braveheart, man. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm like. Uh, but anyway, I, I. I just. I think it's such a. It's such a nice. <laughs> I think it's such a nice conclusion. As I was saying, extended edition is very, very good as well. Uh, better, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I, I think from a fan's perspective, this is going to be the perfect movie. I think you have to be a fan to really like these films because they are really long and it's like like I was saying it's for the people mm. that want it to keep going on mm-hmm. whereas like if you maybe didn't yeah. I could see that being a problem with them it's a historically accurate I totally respect that though <laughs> <laughs> like yeah I can imagine that like if you are like a really big fan of them and you know you've watched them all and you know you've been on this journey with these characters that you know that ending's going to be perfect for you because you know you've you've been through so many like lows and highs with them that now you know you're getting to see them all like situated in like that kind of happy ending type situation so Mm -hmm. no I can totally respect that and you know at the end of the day they are like prime like escapist films Mm -hmm. like I mean you're maybe not just gonna think oh I'm just gonna like throw one of them on because it is you know like proper lengthy but they are just the kind of films that you can totally just lose yourself in and just lose yourself in this like incredible world that is just so far removed from from your own like they're just perfect for for wanting to just totally get away especially in the the climate that we're living in at the moment i would say mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. I, that's what I was going to say with um, with Aiden, with you saying that, that, that it was your like comfort film and you realised how much you loved them was there's been a lot of stuff I've rewatched over lockdown where I've just kind of felt at home, like like proper, mm. proper comfort TV um, or films. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are starting to feel that and Netflix are starting to catch a vibe with that as well. Their new releases and stuff are like... Mean Girls went on at the weekend and everybody knows Mean Girls, mm. everybody loves Mean Girls and it's what we need just now so I mean I have to say that that's how I felt about Lord of the Rings I felt like if I wasn't going to watch it now I'm never going to watch it so I'm really happy I did um, we're, we're but... We tasked you with it <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. I, what I was going to say was um I'm super disinterested in the army thing, like the wars and stuff. But that's me. Like I don't, I don't really do a lot of action films. And the thought of sitting down to watch people fight each other, not Kill Bill style, is just not me. Um, but Pippin singing, um, his song, shut me up. Absolutely shut me up. Crying. Um, I cheered when Gollum died and then I, I got sad because I was like, that's not just Gollum that's died. And then, yeah, I'm more about Lord of the Rings for the friendship. So the end where they kept dragging on and on and on, um, I would have loved it to stop at the boat scene, see if it stopped at the mm-hmm. boat scene. Mm-hmm. And you've seen, I don't know where the fuck they've been hiding Bilbo for the last two <laughs> films. But like, he came out and I was all... Like he's still kicking. Thirteen months, and that man is aged fifty years like that. Um, it's the powers but... of the ring for you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, so, I was like, I, yeah. I don't want to like, don't want to rain in your no, 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 like, that's, that's the ring, mate. That's what was keep, keeping no, him alive this listen, entire time. <laughs> these are things that make me appreciate it more. Um, but then again, Frodo with his. He hadn't done that fucking face all movie, and then he gets in the boat and he's all. So those guys. <laughs> um, but I have to say, I just have a complete disliking for Frodo. I have since the beginning. Um, what about and... Sam? Oh, I love oh, Sam. Sam's best. Yeah, totally with mm. Rachel. Samwise is just perfection. I would yep. marry Sam. King of my heart, seriously. Oh, and the last thing I'm going to say about Lord of the Rings is um, the perspective shots. I hate them. So see how all the way through the film, they're like, the hobbits are small and then they mm. make it really in your face. It's like, if you're going to do that, make it the whole film. Don't just like flip and flop. They did an okay job with it. But see when it gets to the end and Gandalf, <laughs> he holds Frodo's hand. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> That's me, man's tiny. <laughs> Brian, I'm gonna. Uh, there's there's a wee comment here about cancel Peter Jackson for not including the scouring of the Shire. Would you, that that'll be a book thing? I'm assuming. Are you? Yeah, that's the book because they go after it ends with all that. They go back to the Shire and Saruman, who's who's still alive in the book, has taken over the Shire and turned all the hobbits into slaves. So many fucking Frodo and Sam like kill him pretty much and send him on his way. Didn't need to be included in the film. It was sort of included as a, an Easter egg in the. When they go to Lothlorien and she's in Galadriel's water, but that stuff like that and stuff like oh, they didn't include Tom Bombadil. Fuck off with that shit no as well. Tom um, <laughs> I've still no idea because I'm the books are sitting in my bedside cabinet, but <laughs> anyone that listens to the show knows that I'm a, I, I read about a page a day, and yeah. that's even being a bit generous. 
So, because I, I read the book before I ever watched the film, like uh, oh, 10 or so years ago. So, <laughs> fuck Tom Bombardier. <laughs> oh, oh, um, I'm just saying, I never missed it. All the stuff that didn't make it onto the screen didn't make it for a reason, and I didn't feel like I missed it, because I'm, I'm I'm not one of these guys who sees a, um, an adaption and goes, well, missed it. he didn't see that line properly, or oh, what about this story thread that didn't actually go anywhere, nobody cares about it. He didn't include that in the film. It's not supposed to be a 19-hour runtime of a film. It's supposed to compress the best parts of the film the heart say. of the story through. And that's what they did with The Lord of the Rings, as best as they could at the time. So everything that was left on the table, good, leave it on the table. And let people, people who want to read the book, enjoy the book for a different experience than watching the film. And I, and I mean that with all adaptions, video games, television to movie, book to movie, just stay on that. that. That was my support for video games things. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I did warn, I did uh, warn Brian, I have a, a notoriously small bladder, so I'm going to nip off to the toilet. I'll be literally like 40 <laughs> seconds, I'm going to say. Uh, if you want to start on with the next one, which is Schindler's List at 8.9. I'm not going to start Schindler's List while you're taking a piss, ma'am. You've got to wait till you come That's back. That's disrespectful, Erin. God's sake. <laughs> Sit there in complete silence. Right? I'll be back in a wee second. No, but I don't think um, I, I don't think the uh, Return of the King, the same same feeling with Fellowship of the Ring, it doesn't deserve to be on here by itself. Mm. And I think that's two mm. spaces mm-hmm. that should go to other movies. I think a lot of these movies are spaces that should go to other movies, to be fair, but we'll get into that at the end. Yeah, no, I, I, could, but, I can catch <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know, like, what really kept me watching The Lord of the Rings was the friendship. So I feel like if I'd watched the extended versions mm. of the two other ones and not just the first one, I would have been happier. Um, but mm. I was, I kind of wrote a note that doesn't have anything to do with any of the films, which was they shouldn't remake them. I'm just going to say they shouldn't no. remake them. But no, if no, no, they no. Wanted, if they wanted to do a special where they did more practical effects, I would have loved that. So I just felt like obviously CGI was a big thing back then. So everyone was like shoving it into everything. So I feel like a practical effect here and there would have been sick. Um, and also the makeup. I feel like the makeup, if they could use today's special effects makeup back then it would have absolutely topped it for me like the orcs are fucking gross right but imagine how much grosser <laughs> they could be um but i don't yeah. know if that i don't know if that kind of harks back to me being like a big fan of uh old school horror and i just yeah. went a bit old school horror and everything so i don't think i think that's probably the best i've seen as far as effects go because anytime if they try to do that in the last 10 years, they tried to do it again with The Hobbit. I, I admittedly didn't have enough prep time, didn't have enough pre-production time, and they made an absolute see you next Tuesday of it, Aaron doesn't like <laughs> But I think the Lord of the Rings is the absolute pinnacle as far as the blend of practical and uh, and uh, special effects goes, because you can see it, uh, the the opening kind of voiceover with Galadriel, you know, I can feel it in the water, nothing's changing, you see the, the, the war for the ring, and it's clearly computer-generated, but it f- that's it works and that's what i think is so clever about the cgi in this film it works within the context of the world and of the movie because mm. you think that that's a cgi yeah. character but it kind of works in this context because other yeah. characters look like that they, they shift a bit like um one of the big first big ones we see i think is the watcher in the water at moria the, um which is before the cave troll sort of thing and those <gasps> are very early in the, so good yeah and yeah. that's Oh, I'm saying this as a big fanboy because I, I I watch films for different reasons than other people watch films. I love Peter Jackson to death, 
Uh, the only thing I don't own of his is Meet the Feebles, which is his first film, but Brain Dead, Bad Taste, The Frighteners, <laughs> Heavenly Creatures. Nobody moves a camera like that guy moves a camera, and I am a yeah. Peter Jackson simp to the day I die. So I'll be <laughs> waving the flag. I fucking love the guy. So I don't have a bad thing to say about that. Any of his practical effects. I've even forgiven him for The Hobbit. I was like, do you know what? <laughs> they look pretty bad, but that's still Peter Jackson behind that camera, swinging it like only he knows how. So I've got a mad... Mad respect for Big PJ. I'm gonna give a wee shout out to Loki again because he's just absolutely topped it with this one where he said Jurassic Park done wonders were practical, and I love Jurassic Park. So I don't know. I feel like if everything was like Jurassic Park, I would never stop watching. Why is Jurassic Park not in the top ten? Come on. The good thing about Jurassic Park though is they are the, the practical effects with them are so impactful because they were done in such low light. Yeah. They used close-ups. There was no wide sweeping shots of, you know, dinosaurs and T-Rex, and that's what made them so impactful. You couldn't take that approach with The Lord of the Rings. No, I'm totally with you. I'm not saying they should have. I'm just saying if, yeah. if oh, they definitely. could use practical effects more, I might have been more into it, but that's just a personal thing. I love how David uh, Slide Bowser on the chat is outing me for sitting on the toilet liking tweets <laughs> <laughs> i thought i thought i would do a very quick like i'd do a retweet and be like yeah by the way we're we're still we're live on this but uh aye, that's me grassed on can't believe it um i'm just trying to find on on the top 20 just i'm curious where jurassic park sits and i'm past 50 and i've still not seen it which is, I think that's it's a now cool. a bad time to say that I've never seen Jurassic Park. No, it's not a bad time to say you've not seen Jurassic Park. I think it's a good time for you to maybe watch Jurassic Park. Um, I respect that you said that so so nicely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hate people that go, "You've never seen it. You've never seen this." Because like earlier, I said I hadn't seen Harry Potter, and all of you were like, "Okay." Whereas if I'd said it. There's like a I possibility said, um, that could just be because none of us are really big Harry Potter fans. Oh, that's true. But I said that it worked the other, the other day and everyone was like, oh my God, she's never seen Harry Potter. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Third one, is this Own the, it. It's just the Harry Potter movie, uh, Kirsty. Because if it is, the third one is the best out of those ones, I would say. I love a wee bit of time travel. Also, Jurassic oh, Park is oh. number 165 in the IMDb top Shut 250. Up. That's... That's very far down. That is. is. Do you know what's not far down? Schindler's List. Oh. <laughs> You've done I, this before. I, 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 just, I, just, I just realised it was a third Jurassic Park film. What? Oh, I, no, I kind of like that. I remember being really for that back in the day with the Spinosaurus. That used to... I, my wee geeky brain was going crazy for that. Right, yes. Schindler's List. <gasps> oh, no, sorry, sorry. Someone's <laughs> just messaged about Paddington and I... I have a soft spot for Paddington, Mr. Paddy B. Um, everyone in my house knows I love Paddy B. I aspire to be him. There's one up on my bookcase. Um, and I sobbed my fucking heart through 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 those films. Anyway, I from Paddy pa- Paddington to is a, a very good movie. I'd say mm-hmm. better. Yeah. I'd say better than the the first one anyway because I think that was one of those I've mentioned it in the podcast before where I was going to see some violent. Uh, movie and then Amelia very conveniently forgot our um 
her purse with the Cineworld World card, so we had to walk all the way back, and then it's like, oh, we're too late for that now. Paddington 2's on, though. And I was like, I was, so, I was so raging about it, but then I came out, like, begrudging, like, wow, that, and was, tears. that was pretty good. Oh, that fuck. Was, it's a I cinematic mean, masterpiece. I'm totally with Rich. I love Paddington. I love everything about it. Anyway, from Paddington to Schindler's List. Yep. <laughs> Fuzzy bears to Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Nazi bears. <laughs> um... I'm going to start off with Schindler's List because I think I'm the only one that was watching it for the first time. Yeah, um, may have been the only one that watched it this week. I'm a... yep. <laughs> oh no, oh no, Brian did. So, um, I don't sit right with war films. Um, I tried to stay away from them and I'm one of these people that still hasn't watched Hacksaw Ridge and stuff like that. Um... <laughs> sorry i will watch it one day just not right now um and my other problem was um when we did history back in school they taught us about britain had it so bad we were rationed and we were this and that never spoke about what the jewish community went through um and i know i'm bringing a somber tone to it Mm -hmm. but i think it's really important to say that this film uh taught me a lot i knew what happened um but seeing it happen was fucking horrifying um and i definitely had to take a break um cinematography wise it was lovely um if they brought it out nowadays i think it would be up in age rating there's a bit where a guy gets shot in the back of the head and they show you his skull mm-hmm. um i don't know if i'd rush to watch it again but i think it's important that if you feel like you can handle it to watch it Mm-hmm. Um and um, it made me really sad, which is such a shit mm-hmm. thing to say. Because yeah. you sit here and and my teachers at school were giving it. Yeah, Britain had it really bad. Yes, they did. But I'm sitting here pretty in my privilege, while loads of the Jewish community are still looking and trying to reach out for people that they've maybe lost. It was the bit where they started emptying the suitcases. And burning the photos and stuff I was like that as generations and generations of history that someone's decided that these people shouldn't have I'm getting teary <laughs> um, and it really fucked me up watching it um, but I'm glad I watched it yeah, yeah. It, it, is, it is a rough film to watch and it's definitely not one that you would be rushing back to see and Although it's been a little bit since I, I literally just because I ran out of time this week because obviously we pick a lot. There's a lot of long movies in this and this that is included in that. I think it's possibly one of the longest out of them all. Yeah, it's three hours. Uh, so yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is a rough one to see. But what I remember, love because this is something that we kind of we kind of studied a little bit of this in uh, in in uni at the time, and it, it's there's a very fine kind of like elegance to the script writing in this movie when it comes to like getting down to the basic because it's it's quite an expansive tale but mm-hmm. then just to keep it fine line but then feeling like flowing across like the three hours or so it's it's really quite a feat and cinematography is like you're saying the black and white is incredible in this like uh, it, it, looks, yeah. it looks fantastic um and then to to also possibly bring a somber tone there was when when i was down in london i went to the the war museum and there was like the the bits obviously about the 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 um 
places like Auschwitz and all this and the kind of stuff that happened. And when you're looking at that, there was a very, there's a, a, a kind of grim reality, obviously. To, to, it's a it's a museum, obviously. But then, like, yeah. there was something in that that I saw from Schindler's List as well. There was, like, a reality in this film. Like, it, it is brutal and unforgiven mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And I think, uh, like we're saying, reputation-wise, when when it comes to things like the first time I watched this, when it came to like the the little girl in the red coat, like that hits hard. And and the the first time you watch mm-hmm. it, I think it's something like we've been talking about with Pulp Fiction and all this. After that, it's overused. It starts to get done to the point where then you maybe look back at at, at Schindler's List and you think, ah, oh, well, maybe it's a wee bit on the nose or like trying to get into this, but like. First impressions, if you're going into that without knowing much or anything like that, is an incredibly hard-hitting movie. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. My parents had also never watched it, but I watched it alone. Um, and yeah, I Liam Neeson was great. I didn't realize it was Liam Neeson. Uh, his character was amazing. I did a lot of research on once I'd finished because I felt like I can't just watch this story and. Um, again, sit in my privilege and not know as much as I feel like I should know. Um, and I think it's important to establish that 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 this happened. Because um, when I was watching it, I was kind of like, other war films, it's weird. Um, other war films that I've seen don't feel realistic and I, I can't go oh, look at those poor soldiers, they were actually there. But with this one, it was like, this happened. And I f- it was like, I was crying to the point where I couldn't watch it, so I had to pause it and then restart it and the crying would start again. Um, and what was really hard was watching the children um, because then at the end, uh, no spoilers, obviously, because uh, you know who won the war, Um they bring back all the people that Schindler affected and helped um, and I just remember watching this kid getting shot and I said out loud, oh my god, poor baby and it, that's so not like me to talk out loud during a film or anything, especially for myself um, and it was just, yeah, I just feel like that's as much as I can say on it without being patronising or mm-hmm. you know but yeah, as a first watcher it was rough. Hard one to follow up there, comments-wise. <laughs> Who, who's wanting to take the lead in this? I'll go. I uh, don't really have uh, anything else uh, to add. Oh. No, you, you, go, you go, Rachel. <laughs> Sorry, this delay is really bad. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I don't really have anything else to add um, because I, I did manage to rewatch it for this um, and the first time I watched it was uh, quite a few years ago but it's one of those films that like no matter when you watch it no matter how long it's been since you've watched it, it it will always you know weigh on your mind you will always think about it and um, there's always you know going to be aspects of it that will will stay with you as it should because like you say Erin it is you know such a horrific event um that obviously you know we need to remember happened and it is important to to you know a- acknowledge that fact and yeah i think the film um, definitely does a good job of kind of bringing that to uh, you know a, a broad demographic and just making sure that you know it's something that that people do remember and um yeah it does so from what i can remember i don't know if beautifully is the right word but you know it does it in in, in, a, in a really 
stunning manner. And I think from what I remember, the score was pretty uh, excellent as well. So yeah, it just seems like, you know, pulling all those te- technical elements together in a way that just makes for, you know, something that is masterful. Yeah, the the single violin is a, mm-hmm. a staple that, I mean, obviously John Williams is known for these grand kind of lavish scores. And he, the way he just kind of like simplified it for the, for the most part of this film is a, is a I wouldn't say man of the match, but it's all right. Man of the match, if we're going to talk positively in this film, is Rafe Fiennes as Eamon Goth. I thought that was, he was so ridiculous. I've never seen, mm-hmm. the only person I've seen be that evil on screen is Michael Fassbender in 12 Years a Slave. And both of those films where, both those performances are oh. like neck and neck. He was fantastic because it's usually what they want to do or what they try and do with films is humanise their villains, but there was absolutely not a shred of that with no. uh, Eamon Goth and they never even attempted to do that. It was cold hard fact. That, that's one of the things I liked most and disliked most about this film because it was Spielberg, but he was taking it seriously. But Spielberg's at his best when he's having fun. And yeah. that is the only drawback I have for this film. Yeah. I, I don't think it's... Uh, I mean, I think it's 8.9 for its um, for its message and its historical kind of... The, the impact of the story it tells. But I, as far as filmmaking goes, I don't see it as an 8.9. Because it's just... I just for the, the, Spielberg's made better movies and none of them yeah. are above this on the, in the top 10. But... Um, because <laughs> I have seen it before and I rewatched it again, and it still got me when they took um, one of the trains to Auschwitz instead of to Czechoslovakia. I was like, no, no, yeah. they're, they're, they're skilled workers, and then they're, 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 they're head shaved and stuff. And I'm mm. like, yeah, it really, it really impacted me dramatically. But I thought Liam Neeson was decent. I mean, I hate, I always hate when they have uh, German speaking people speak english but with a bad german accent i'd rather yeah yeah i was gonna say that like i had i understand where spielberg's coming from because i think he said he couldn't like direct them properly couldn't get a gauge for the 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 dramatic uh, performances if it was in a foreign language which he didn't understand which again why spoken english and all the technical jargon behind it i thought uh, i i i didn't think the cinematography was great I thought it was a very bland, I suppose it's in the, the style and the tone of the film, I thought it was a very bland shoot. Like I said, Spielberg's at his best when he's having fun. And it was a lot of static, a lot of kind of kind of on tracks, but there was nothing, none of the smoke, none of the making the scene pop, which is again, was I suppose one of the um, artistic choices for the film to make it as hard-hitting and real as possible. But for Spielberg to make it and show he has that range as a director was great, but it's not what I like for Spielberg. If, if any other director made it, I know he tried to get Scorsese and he tried to get Roman Polanski to make it and they knocked him all back, but I just, there were there were instances of like fantastic blocking and fantastic cinematography, especially and how he manages to build the tension um, for the first time when they take them, they, they arrive at Auschwitz and they, they go for a shower and they're all terrified as the as, oh, as they're in the room and the lights switch yeah. off, and then that's just it's it's, it's very impactful. And he's a he's a, a world class director, as as uh, Steven Spielberg. So I commend him for that. But I'm not a huge fan of Liam Neeson in this film. Huge fan of Rafe Fiennes. Um, big yeah. fan of Ben Kingsley. I thought mm-hmm. Ben Kingsley played it perfectly. Um, for anyone that that will be listening to the the recasting couch on Tuesday, it's maybe a role that I don't find him like a creepy wee bastard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. No, I mean, I thought the 
I, I, I don't know if it's one of the things that's been replayed so much through that it loses the impact of, oh, why did you have the girl with the red coat? It's, oh, it's because it was, you know, blaring obviously, but everybody ignored it. And I'm like, I have heard that so many times and I get the point of it, but I don't know if, if it's one of those things for the first time I saw it, if I had watched it without hearing all that, I'd have been like, oh, that's such a, a clever way to do it. But now it suffers from the kind of, the Pulp Fiction effect of everybody's spoken about it so much. That one thing, that's the, one of the only things people talk about. The first thing to speak about when they talk about Schindler's List is the little girl in the red. And I'm like, you know what? See, I never, um, I never knew any no, of that going into it. Because, like I said before, I, 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 if I watch a film, I need to know every single thing about every single person that went into making that film. It's just yeah. how... It's just how I, I, I do it. I, I, you know, IMDb trivia has memorised them on all of the sites of everything that had any sort of thing to do with this film. And that's just because I enjoy the process of filmmaking, so I like to see the mm-hmm. details behind it. So anytime I watch a film, I know everything about it. So that has its good parts and its bad parts. So do, the do time you do I, that during, like, whilst watching the movie or, like, uh, before no. you watch the movie? Oh, no. Like, I do it after. Ah, right, okay. I, I thought that's what I was getting confused. I thought maybe you were saying that you like to know it already when you went in. No. And I was like, but I, you ruined the whole movie for yourself. By this point, obviously, I'd seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these things where they, they talk about it a lot in, in um, like film review um, blog posts or, or channels. Or Obviously, I'm a huge Steven Spielberg fan, so I've watched almost every video on youtube there is that has a steven spielberg tag so you see all that stuff but if you're granite cold if you're granite <laughs> a few things about schindler's list it might be more impactful but i just watching it for this time i was like i it's an important film to see it's a very important message to keep alive but yeah seven and a half to, yeah no i have to say i totally um agree that it's probably got its score because of the meaning behind it um, and that's important because it's keeping mm-hmm. it in the audience uh, peripheral. But I agree with the filmmaking. Um, I think things could have been done better, but also I think there's also, I keep saying also, I think in a way it's nice that he didn't do like big. Um, like what you uh, what is, from Spielberg. What's that? Like yeah, what no, movie. what's that lad's name that really likes the Michael explosions? Michael Bay. Yeah, Michael I'm, Bay. I'm really glad he didn't do like big Michael Bay gunshots and stuff is like Schindler's that. List. That I think would be a different <laughs> No, but you know what I mean like it's just nice to watch a war film that doesn't glorify uh the use of guns and stuff and see that scene where they go to keep shooting that guy and the gun's not going off. Shit in a brick. Absolutely yeah. shit in a brick. But no, I agree. The mm. cinematography is not great, but also in a way, it's good because it's not glorifying yeah. what happened. It does. It does. What it does well is, I think it sets you in the time because a lot of films fail miserably about trying to look like they're set in the nineteen twenties or thirties, and it just looks bad. Whereas yeah. this looks almost documentary, like it's believable that I'm I'm watching a film from that time. I'm mm-hmm. watching as they happen, and that's something that's very tricky to do with cinematography. And you know, um, what art design and costume and makeup, but they, that's all the technical stuff that kind of hit the nail on the head with that. Because I hated, I hate that look, that CGI background look of oh, now we're in the 1920s, but that's <laughs> clearly a green screen. Almost, yeah, you know, that kind of that. I don't know what it is. It looks kind of hazy, the backdrops, with lots of smoke and light, and I'm just like, leave me alone. But it didn't do that. <laughs> that. It's, you know, which is great. 
Um, Thanks I'm, for letting me rant about. Jean I think Baudelaire. it's just one Sorry. of those. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just one of those films that, like, when you watch it, you don't enjoy it, but like, obviously, it's really important viewing, and like, you can't really look away from it. And um, at the same time, I don't think it really has like not to like make it sound cheap, but I don't think it's really got that rewatch value. Like I think it's one of those things that like you watch it once and you never forget it, but it's not one of those things that you're like, you want to go back and, and, and rewatch it. Mm. Or certainly that's how I feel about it anyway. Yeah. I think, I think you're right in that. Uh, and that, that probably played into the fact that it was like when I had to, you know, like I'm watching a lot of, of the films, that was one of the ones that was like down my list of like, I was working my way through them mm-hmm. and it was like that's the one if I have the time I'll watch that last and obviously I ran out but that's the thing because it's not something you really it's kind of like once you've experienced it you have experienced that movie and it will stay with you for a lot of the time but yeah, yeah totally, totally. Uh, I'm just going to quickly, quickly say as well if anyone sees the I'm not just on my phone I'm checking the streaming stuff if you see no, that's what I'm doing nah, it's, <laughs> it's like oh escape. man Aaron's going on about this bloody movie man it's so <laughs> First you lock us out of the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, to just address uh, some of the comments there, Jay, I have not seen Come and See. I think, I feel like at this rate, like there's a lot of times that Jay will ask me about the films that I have seen. He, he likes, he's, he's more like independent, more art house style films. And I feel like I'm letting him down so so often by even like, nah, nah, I've not seen that one. No, I'll put that in the watch list because I've still not seen, uh, what was that? Uh, what was that one? There was one a, a Villeneuve film, film he's been asking me about for ages, and I, I'm always like, "Yeah, I'll put it on my list." And then I just I've, I've still not watched it. So just to address <laughs> that, Jay, I'm very sorry. Um, That's so... what holds friendships together, by the way. I always <laughs> promise people I watch films, and it just keeps them on edge. So then they have to be my friend for ages, and I'll never watch the film. I guess I'm just waiting with bated breath. What is? Yeah. What That's the reason I'm going to give from now on. <laughs> <laughs> You need to wait. You need to earn my opinion about this movie. <laughs> I incendies. Um, Not fair. So, um, thank you for listening to part one of our birthday live stream. Make sure to come back this Tuesday for part two and keep an eye on that Twitter account, which has since been restored at the film aspect for more live streaming news to come. Ooh, see you guys then.